0: Don't you call me cause I can go I owe my soul to the company though Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews I hope to never see a bad Tom Hanks movie in my lifetime And I'm Gary And today we're going to review and discuss Joe Versus The Volcano Which released in 1990 From writer-director John Patrick Shanley Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the
1: story follows Joe Banks, played by Tom Hanks. He has been told he only has six months to live as he has a brain cloud. And so he is convinced by a multi-billionaire to travel across the world to a strange little island with a large volcano. If Joe jumps into the volcano willingly, he will save the island. And so he decides to go there to find himself. I wanna hide
0: jump into a volcano so i'd never really heard of this writer or director for that matter yeah and uh, from the looks of things things didn't seem to go too well financially for this film oh you know critics were kind of a bit lukewarm on it and financially it didn't really make all that money no and subsequently kind of got buried under considered superior Tom Hanks Meg Ryan movies <laughs> yeah, as they would yeah. continue to act together in like three more movies after this one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, interestingly, this is an Amblin Entertainment uh, production. So executive producer, Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, interestingly, this is a film that I remember from like as a child seeing this film. But really, kind of dismissing it because it wasn't—it wasn't a comedy film for kids. Right, it
1: wasn't big, was it? it exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. And so I kind of then kind of rejected this film over time. And you know, whenever I think to watch a Tom Hanks movie, *Joe Versus the Volcano* is—it's right down there. You know, I'm just <laughs> like, I, I don't think I'll ever—I don't think I don't think I need to revisit that one. But I, I have to say, it's been an interesting rewatch.
1: Ah, oh, right. I. I remember this from when I was a kid like it was on TV a few times and as I was growing up Tom Hanks was kind of the go-to actor you know I'd seen Big and I'd kind of fallen in love with that because I was a kid wanting to become Big and then you see all the trials he goes through so you're like oh you know I, I remember catching The Burbs late one night on BBC One and it's it just was the perfect atmosphere in my room in the dark watching this dark comedy with Tom Hanks. You know, and I've just always followed him. So I remember, I'm pretty sure I saw it like on a Saturday afternoon on ITV3 or whatever. And like you kind of dismissed it over time. But I'd always remembered, yeah, Joe versus a Volcano. That's a pretty good Tom Hanks movie. Haven't seen it in like fucking 25 odd years oh, yeah, I'll watch fucking Saving Private Ryan like three times a year, maybe. Every now and again, I'll jump into big. Every now and again, I'll watch Splash with Daryl Hannah. You know, there's not a Tom Hanks movie that I don't go, fuck yeah, I'll watch that. You know, what is it? Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a classic. The Terminal with Catherine Zeta-Jones. That's a fucking classic. Castaway with Wilson. It's fucking (laughs) like, there's not many Tom Hanks movies that I look at and go, oh, I can't watch that because... He's bad in it. Well, yeah, it's bad.
0: Like, what? what's the fucking futuristic one? Is it... Um... I'd forgotten the name of it, but it was it. It was very insane. It, it, I mean, he's it... like the only... like human actor in the majority of the film but like I'd remember that this one like is Atlas something you know and it was really
1: long and people said it wasn't very good and it's a bit boring and then I watched it and I'm like you know what Tom Hanks is fucking great in this yeah yeah, he's always good The Da Vinci Code fuck it like I don't even like those types of books
0: but fuck me I'll watch those two movies back Uh, to back you know (laughs) I do just want to go back though and say that the writer director for the film He's a very highly praised uh, screenplay uh, writer and director for for the stage, especially in in New York. Tons of plays, lots of prestige. So I was like, it's kind of sad that, you know, he had a couple of movies. He had like three movies, I think, but then, you know, never really got the chance to continue making them. See, I think people
1: have missed this one. And like us, they've probably not gone back to revisit it because, you know, we start with it saying once upon a time there was a guy called Joe who who had a really bad job. And so you're looking at it like, what? It's like a fairy
0: tale story. Like
1: a fairy tale. And so then you see Joe getting out of his car, you know, ruining his shoes, stepping in a puddle, being treated like grief as he's walking into work. And I fucking related on a level you wouldn't believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Working for the man <laughs> in this dingy, fluorescently lit with flies trapped in the fucking holders. Visually, Visually, this Nailed movie it.
1: is stunning.
0: It's completely encapsulating, They're like the intro to Metropolis, you know, yes. everyone walking in yes. in like monotone colour. Uh, but already, like right from the get-go, you're just like, there's some repetition in the imagery right away. And, you know, we get the kind of funny sign that he walks past that his company's <laughs> famous for. no probes. Anal probes. Uh, but you see, kind of the lightning strike, which is the the company symbol. Yeah. And then you realize the pathway the that pathway. he's walking up is the co- the corporate kind of logo. Yeah. Uh, and then when he goes home later on, the crack on his wall on the side of his room is the exact same lightning uh, strike logo. And technically, the pathway up the volcano is also shaped of... like um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 lower intestine. <laughs> I guess the best way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But my God, like we're already introduced to, to Meg Ryan, who plays Dee Dee. Oh, wow. We've got Dan Hedaya, who's playing the boss. And speaking of the repetition, he continues to argue this circular (laughs) argument on the phone. (laughs) Maybe.
1: Maybe. I'm not arguing that with you. Yeah, Harry. I know he can get the job, but can he do the job? not arguing that with you man it was just so awesome like i said him walking into that office you know trying to avoid his boss like what was with that coffee you know corridor like it sloped up right you know and got smaller (laughs) and the coffees the milk is all off there's flies in there and joe's just like what i didn't realize until about maybe halfway through the movie is that you don't really hear about anything about him growing up you know, about his parents, really about his family life. So, in a way, Joe is everyday Joe.
0: He's, he's, everyone. he's everyone. He's
1: everyone. You know, every now and again, you find yourself in this dead-end job thinking, what the hell am I doing here? What is it that I'm doing? And like I said, yeah, that goddamn Dan Hedaya, like... I... I, I <laughs> As soon as I see the name, I'm like, who's this guy again? And then as soon as I see Alien Resurrection, I I'm like, see yeah. him as the general <laughs> yeah. with the cigar. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the dude, you know. <laughs> and he has that complete conversation over and over again, over the phone, arguing. I'm not arguing yet. No, I'm not arguing. Oh, I said I'm not
0: arguing. No, I'm not arguing. <laughs> I was just like, shut the... up. <laughs> <laughs> but then he comes in and he gives Tom Hanks grief. <laughs> yes. For his, for his lamp. I'm like, man, it's the only source of colour in the whole frame. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's it's some warmth. It's some humanity yes. there. And, uh, well, if you pay attention and watch the lamp rotate, you'll notice there's a volcano. There's a blonde lady on an island. Yeah. Like, all the little things on there. And there's also a huge moon there's as well. a huge moon. So it's just like, all of these things will will, uh, will come back.
1: Man, the argument between him and Dan Hideo about the catalogue. Right. Oh, God. I, have I told that... you three
0: weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I told you two weeks ago. But did you tell me last week? I've had so many arguments that with bosses I'm like you're in charge why the hell are you telling me off you're the one who's supposed to make all these goddamn decisions not me and then you're just looking at Joe and he wants to fight back he wants to argue but he's got no fight left in him no he's also complaining about being ill and he has to go see his doctor again Fucking Rex Kramer is the
1: doctor. Great. <laughs> Robert Stack. I mean, that voice is lone. As soon as I hear that voice, it immediately takes me to basketball. He was found hanging in his fucking closet.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. It's just he, like anything he says, you almost believe it. It's just he yeah. sounds, he's got the voice of God, you know. <laughs> yeah. And when he tells you you're going to die, you've got this brain fog running right through the center of your brain so it's just like oh crap and, and the
1: way he explains it to joe as well where joe's just like yeah but well, what, what about everything else no blood works fine your intestines are fine you're just a hypochondriac but you are going to die of this brain cloud stuff in six months so i suggest sorting out all of your you know all of your personal um all of your personal situations and your business your affairs, and money, in, order. Your your yeah. affairs in order and it it dawned on me at this point i had a complete like like you said that lightning bolt at the beginning just kind of hit my brain and started this movie i was just like holy shit, that's like three movies until he'd play in Philadelphia. You know, a guy who's dying of an incurable disease. And then I saw him walk into work in his hat and coat. And I was like... Oh,
0: he's on the road to perdition now. Oh, yeah, he's on the road <laughs> to
1: perdition. What the fuck? And then I remembered his name was Joe Banks. And it reminded me of Saving Mr. Banks. And then the three movies or four movies that he do with Meg Ryan, I was like, oh my God! <laughs> right.
0: It's foreshadowing his career. <laughs> But uh, interestingly, the director had a tiny little bit of a falling out with Steven Spielberg here. Ooh. Because the shot when he comes out of after seeing Dr. Ellison is one shot, one take. Love it. Wide shot. Fucking loved it. And when the film was submitted for Spielberg to, to look at, Spielberg was like, what? You only did one shot? You got no coverage? You got no close-ups? Go, go back and film the whole thing again. No. And the director went, okay, no. And that's what, how it is in the film. Like, good, because like being told you're going to die like it's you know it's like if if you've ever been unfortunate to be in that position or know someone in that position like everything just yeah i, I can't even imagine it but that distance that vacuum of space just yeah. like the whole world either closing in or or getting your wide. eyes if, opening yeah. you're
1: like what what have i been doing yeah and, and
0: then he just hugs the dog oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: great i was sat there watching that whole shot and I just kept thinking to myself, man, like we always talk about artistic films in a way the camera kind of holds a, a character and you're, you're learning the story and stuff. And knowing in a way, like I said, I had a bit of a brain cloud of where this movie went. This moment for me, when he was stood by the doorway, I was just like, I'm ready movie. Yeah. Fucking take me. Like, I have no idea. Like I said, I could have wiki'd it. I could have spoiled it. I could have done a lot of things. But when he goes back to the office that I didn't realize it was fucking Meg Ryan. Playing Didi, they right? Playing Didi until like he properly looked at her and she did a look, and I was like, <laughs> "Hang on, she plays."
0: And you, I, they, they dawned on me. She plays like three different characters in the There's movie. Actually, a fourth character, although it's just a voice part. When he's flying the plane, the the uh, the, the air hostess is yeah. also Meg Ryan. Oh my God! <laughs> and it just kept
1: feeding into the magical of this movie, like when he's going to the desk. And he's telling his boss he quits, and his boss tells him, "I, I, I fire you, anyways." <laughs> okay. And he starts throwing his books into the into the bin, and like one of them's Romeo and Juliet, and I'm like, "That's the love story."
0: Robinson Crusoe. Robinson Crusoe,
1: you know, and the Odyssey. The
0: Odyssey. I was like, "That's all of this movie's stories." Technically, yeah.
1: Yeah, this movie is just. Why have people forgotten this movie? It's almost as brilliant as fucking Forrest Gump. At the end of the day.
0: Yeah. 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 And, uh, I mean, who hasn't wanted to go into the office, though, like, knowing you're going to quit and just give your boss shit, you know, do the thing that has the big do not fucking touch <laughs> yeah, yeah. sign and just do it. He's so, so disappointed. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, it's given him a new spark of life, a new spark of energy. And after he storms out, he storms back in. He's like, Diddy, yeah. dinner tonight. She's like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> completely in shock. Uh, but that's when, uh, at the restaurant, he explains to her, like, you know, um, you know, they, they, the, the dinner seems to be going well. He calls yeah, yeah. in some, yeah. some musicians to come over and play for them. Yeah, they start to fall in love. He's but the moment up. he tells her, like, I'm going to die soon, she's like, well, I can't be dealing with that. So good luck and goodbye. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you might catch on the billboard to the left of the frame, there's a giant volcano. I did, I with, did, uh, yeah. Is it fire in paradise? Yes, Yeah. But then also, there's also a sailor right yes. there as well. So it's like, oh, it's, it's, there's all these little visual these, hints. Uh, the visuals, like I said, were just getting oh, the so visuals. good. Cause there's the shot where they're like on a pier and there's also a boat right to the left of him. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got the city skyline. The skyline, that's skyline all, was all colored all, up. All really colored up. Now they did that on a soundstage. And the whole sea was just black bags being, you know, being oh, ruffled wow. with yes. light on them. The whole city skyline is all fake. But I was just like, you know what? Even though it looks so much like a set, like a studio, soundstage. It, it feeds into this movie. It actually feeds into this movie really well. Now, knowing that the director for the film is also a fantastic uh, theatre stage director. Yeah. You start looking at the film because when he goes back to his apartment and all the different coloured light bulbs and all the windows. I was yes. like, It looks like a stage backdrop yeah, for a it play. Does. Yeah, and, uh, and so I was like, there's kind of like a superficiality to the film, but then considering how, how ugly the film was at the beginning and like the brightest thing was the stomped daisy yeah, yeah, that he kind yeah. of resuscitates, yeah. he tries to bring back. It was like more and more color starts to bleed into the film. The more Joe kind of embraces his, his fate yeah. and starts to live a little. And that's when Lloyd Bridges turns up at his house. <laughs> Fucking Lloyd Bridges. I, as soon as he turned up, I was like, this is the wrong day. I, it's the wrong day I chose to quit
1: sniffing glue. Right. Knowing full well that Rex Kramer's
0: on the other fucking side. As a fact, I'm the like, two of them are buddies, it turns out. Well, spoilers. Spoilers.
1: <laughs> but, but Sam Grainamore, uh, played by Lloyd Bridges, explains to Joe, look, I'm an eccentric billionaire. Um, I deal in superconductors, and I have this island that down in the South Pacific that has this volcano, but also has this. Be wonderful element that I use for superconductors now if they don't sacrifice somebody willingly into the volcano to appease it um, the volcano is going to destroy the entire island and I don't want that to happen so you're going to die anyway in six months so why not willingly do something with your life and throw yourself in the volcano here's all my money Go and, like, like go to, uh, was it, on the town, get yourself some new clothes, then fly to L.A., hang out there, then get on a boat, take the boat down to the island, sit on the island in paradise for fucking as long as you need to, and then just before, throw yourself in the volcano. And Joe's like, all
0: right, bright <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then we get this fabulous scene with Ozzy Davis. Oh, man, oh, Elvis brilliant. and fucking JFK. yeah. <laughs> and he is the limo driver for for joe and joe's like i want to go shopping and ozzy's like well where do you want to go and he's like i don't know yeah. and then we get this like he pulls over he's like right like, like, like i can't tell you where to go shopping like you yeah. need to know like i've taken all my life to figure out who i am <laughs> yeah. i can't sit here now and tell you who you are i'm too old for this and i was like you know what there's a lot of a lot of I want to say there's a lot of layered philosophies and home truths hidden in the film, but they're not hidden. No. the characters just say it they yeah. just say exactly what they're meaning yeah and I was like that's really that's really effective as well because it fits with the characters and it fits with the tone and mood of of Joe and the film yeah and so uh, really and the montage that follows is really good well it's like it's like he's talking to you as well absolutely you
1: know and like like I said I I was I was relating so much to the Ozzie Davis character as well as relating to Joe so I was just I felt so comfortable and happy that nothing horrible was going to happen in this movie I was just going to have fun with it Ozzie Davis is like look I know who I am and we need to go get you some clothes and it's the way that Joe's just like uh, should I get a tuxedo oh yeah maybe I want to get you a tuxedo as well and Ozzie Davis is like okay and they have that little joke like I feel like I'm getting married I feel like I'm giving you away <laughs> I was like
0: feel like i'm getting married i feel like i'm giving you away <laughs> and then he goes and buys uh, these uh, these luggage cases and he gets <laughs> four of them like the best ones on the market and yes. they're watertight yeah it's like oh
1: <laughs> and and he invites Ozzy davis up for lunch at the hotel but Ozzy's just like, like i'm sorry i've got to get it back to my family i've got a whole life you enjoy yourself and it's 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 nice joe's enjoying himself but you can also tell he's He's still alone, you know, he's at the bar, he's drinking away, he goes back to the hotel, climbs into bed, and, and that's it, he wakes up the next morning, and this is where he meets up with Angelica Grainamore, played by Meg Ryan, who looks fucking stunning with red hair, but I'll say? she's a flibbity gibbet.
0: Right, <laughs> I don't know what one of those is, but <laughs> well, she definitely is like one of those Hill Valley American girls. Yeah,
1: she's a bit of a blabbermouth. so her dad has told her that she has to go get joe and she has to take him down to the docks um to to meet somebody down there hasn't told her why and what joe is doing um but they they have some time together don't they they yeah. go out and they have some some food and they chat and there also seems to it also comes to a close where they might actually have sex
0: yeah where well, she asks if she can come up to his hotel and he's like no nah, actually it's fine yeah well so she's like okay then but it but it was kind of beautiful because he sits on the beach as well, doesn't he, for a yeah. little while. Yeah, that just was, taking it all in. Taking it all in. Yeah, I do love the little gag though that uh, when they're parked up, looking over the uh, over the valley. Yeah. And uh, the the license plate is bad girl, but when they're driving up to when she's driving up to the hotel to drop them off, the front license plate's good girl. I was like, I don't know, is it? I don't know. Bad girl in the
1: <laughs> back seat, I suppose. I love that transition where they saw the picture. Yeah. And and there's two people sat in a car, and then it just it just immediately faded in to them sat in the car and I was like that was beautiful so like you said with the director his eye for art he must have gone this is what I'm looking at yeah this is how I want the shot
0: yeah storyboard image <laughs> yeah I mean
1: I don't mean to shit on Steven Spielberg's parade but he doesn't know everything about mm. movies though he did he did kind of steal Tom Hanks for like the next 20 odd years definitely <laughs> <laughs> good reason really yeah. <laughs> Um but she takes him down to the docks and this is where we meet Patricia Grainamore, played by Meg Ryan. And this is more your traditional kind of blonde haired Meg Ryan. Right. But it's still
0: a beautiful back and forth. <laughs> yeah, well they're never on frame together. <laughs> never, no, no. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's great, and uh, it's kind of sad to leave Patricia behind. And she almost seems to have had a small sort of awakening of herself as no, well.
1: Angelica gets left behind. Patricia, oh, sorry, the right, yes, no, that. you're right, you're right. Yeah, sorry,
0: they're <laughs> sisters. I get confused. Half sisters. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Half sisters. Half sisters. <laughs> But uh, there's a, a kind of never shedding of the skin moment here as well, because, you know, he gets mocked for being too kind of dressed up for the yacht. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, and as he's waving goodbye, he ends up taking his hat off and he kind of looks at it and he's like, yeah, I don't need that. Yeah. Either he throws it away because, again, he's shedding his skin or he throws it away from some kind of embarrassment that he does. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah.
1: Well, it's kind of a bit of both. Like you said, he, he's gone out with all this money and bought all these clothes and stuff to do this big thing. But he's also finding himself. So, like, if he wasn't immediately in love with Dee Dee or Angelica, he's definitely at least falling for Patricia. And so, you know, like I said, he's got rid of the hat. He's he's settling into boat life, and it, oh, it's it's really amazing. I mean, you got Amanda Plummer there as well. She's, yeah, she's helping running the boat. They had that whole fishing montage. <laughs> that was so that fun. That freaking
0: shark. <laughs> No shit, in it. It's awful. It's like, I mean, come on, like this is Amblin Entertainment, the Spielberg produced this. Like,
1: <laughs> why would you have a, a fucking jaws-looking shark? <laughs> like, I was waiting to see it. I thought, what what's it going to be? And then when you see those eyes, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely the fantasy style of yeah. the movie. But
0: like Tom Hanks, it. I've never seen him so scared in all of his filmography. <laughs>
1: But I love that little bit as well with uh, with Patricia in the boat where she just keeps coming back and forth while um, Joe is settling down for the night. You know, she's questioning him. Are you OK? Do you
0: need another pillow? You know, but then... he's kind of tucked in and kind of like a little child, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he's I mean, he is completely out of his element. All yeah. he says he knows is that office that all he's done You know, and so, like, being on a boat, he's never done before. In this situation, he's never done before. He's taking all these risks. Yeah. You know, but uh, he's comfortable. Yeah. And uh, and the conversation they have here is is really quite cool as well. It's it's the point where she actually says to him, like,
1: did you sleep with my sister? And he's just like, no, I didn't. And she believes him, and it makes her warm to him. Because, yeah, you know, if he'd slept with her, then she's going to just never touch him or anything because obviously he's with angelica but she patricia herself still hasn't been told exactly why she's taking joe to the south pacific um but she knows she, if she does it she gets the boat tweedle tweedle d tweedle that's right and there's a tweedle Dum, and she absolutely loves the boat and the two of them you know they bond over the fact that they're kind of being used by her dad for this reason because because he does tell her he does say to Patricia over dinner one night, like, I'm going to go to the island and I'm going to climb up and I'm going to jump into the volcano to save these people. And she's absolutely in shock, but in a weird way, she kind of gets it. And it, it's really nice. But then the typhoon comes in. <laughs> right.
0: What's a typhoon? I've never experienced one of those before. <laughs> we are about to find out, Joe. Now, we get some some wonky miniature effects, but they're fine, well, you know, because it, it's well intercut. Yeah, but it also feeds into, like you said, kind of like a stage production. Yes, yeah. You
1: know, like, while they're going outside the boat, it's just buckets of water being thrown on them. It looks <laughs> absolutely silly. I mean, Cape Fear kind of was worse. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> two years later. But... I, I fell into this one because all oh, the imagery, I was constantly looking for visuals. Yeah. You know, there was a couple of times where the boat was at, like absolutely still on the water and it was night sky. And I kind of told myself it couldn't last. You know, it had to be a storm at some point. So now the storm has come and Patricia gets banged on the head and knocked overboard. Yeah. And so Joe had to jump over as well. And he he'd said to her as well in the meal, like something about being courageous. Because it turns out like eight years before all of
0: this, Joe was a fireman and saved like three kids from a burning building. From a burning yeah. building, yeah. But he kind of suffered some uh, some some psychological kind of damage from from it all, and yeah. that's why he ended up you know changing into an office job because he couldn't keep doing that. Yeah, just getting a shitty job. So it's like, wow, this that's some real kind of
1: history depth to Joe's character. It's not a lot, but. It's still enough to when he jumps into the water, you're like, yes, he's going to save Patricia. He's the hero. And then he's got to watch the boat get
0: fucking struck by lightning. (laughs) Now, if you freeze frame the lightning blast, (laughs) of course, you might notice a very particular kind of shape. Yes, (laughs) that's the exact one from the office that he worked out. I'm like, he still can't get away from his office. It's still destroying his life. But uh, thankfully, he brought his luggage with him, yes. and it emerges up out of the water, and somehow he manages to get enough rope to tie them all together. Well, Patricia was carrying rope
1: when she went to help ah, out, and then okay. got knocked out, and knocked go. out.
0: yeah. And, uh, and it's a really kind of sweet montage here, where he looks after her this entire time, because she's knocked out. She's not waking up over, I don't know, how many days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he keeps feeding her this thimble full of water from his... His violin case filled with alcohol. Yeah. You know? But he also picked up that giant umbrella and uh, he uses that he's to keep that... her shaded. Yeah. It's like he... so all the little things he's brought with him, just yeah. like the salesperson said
1: lanterns and stuff and fucking <laughs> shaving, uh, shaving materials. I mean, I did love this. It was making me laugh because I was like, ha, cast away. This is where he's going to do it. Yeah. And then that moonshot.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've actually written it down as one of my favourite scenes as well, because the line that he says is so poignant as well, where he's just like, dear God, whose name I do not know. Thank you for my life. Mm. I'm just like, it hits... If, 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 even if you're know, atheist or whatever you know it's just right, stuck that, that appreciation yeah. like even like, but it, it's, again it's a callback to run right at the beginning where he's going into the office and he does the similar kind of thing with his arms and it's kind of like please god get me out of here Yeah. but now he's there like talking to god again he's kind of just like thank you uh, for my life and all the things that I've just just experienced in these last couple of weeks well, that's, uh, he's so an, an amazed and even when he starts like hallucinating and seeing all the star signs flying across the sky Yeah. You know, he's he's, he's an a
1: world he's living well he's also you know he's wanting god to actually you know maybe step in and save him as well he's stuck in the middle of the fucking ocean like he knows he might die at any point yeah he'd love to for patricia at least to be saved he wants to put her ahead of himself and then luckily she comes around and she's like joe you didn't give any water to yourself we need to take care of you you're badly sunburned and this is when they start to actually come towards the island and the fucking ponies live on this island and it's like, it translates to Little Island, Big Volcano. Right. But just as he gets there, it turns out the volcano is going to fucking erupt. You know, so he's only got, like, a couple of hours to try and say, some reason all of the Waponies love orange soda. (laughs) Who loves orange soda? Cow and the Waponies love orange soda.
0: Yeah, Lloyd Bridges explains it right at the beginning, doesn't he? He's like, don't really know why, but, you know, they brought this orange soda over there, and now they worship it and they love it. They sold their soul for it. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? There's, again, that word keeps getting thrown around in the movie quite a bit, because one of the first things that happens to Joe is that he breaks his soul of his shoe, oh shit, going into the office. Nice. It's one of the first things that happens to him, um, and from there, but actually, but even before that, like during the opening credits, the song that plays at the beginning, yeah, says, uh, uh, One of the lyrics is, "I owe my soul to the company store."
1: Yeah, so it's like yes. that
0: pops up like near enough when the title of the film does. So I was like that, that's another reference to the soul.
1: Yeah, another sixteen miles. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think it's, um, uh, Patricia also mentions getting soul sick, uh, on a boat. Nice. Um, when, uh, Joe is talking to the, the tribal chief, the, the, the um, uh, the Waponi chief. Yeah. The chief is just like, I hope I, oh no, uh, Joe says, oh, I hope you don't lose your soul. And he says the same thing. I was like, yes. the soul keeps getting mentioned. I'm like, this is like, I mean, it's an odyssey. It's the fool's, you know, journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also a journey of discovery and of claiming your soul. What makes you you? Yeah. It's like what ozzy was talking about. Yes. So yeah. Like, oh, so again, there's so many. I said they're not really on the. They're not really hidden. They're all on the surface. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you can gloss right by it because the film is kind of upbeat and entertaining and fun. And Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are great. So you don't have to kind of take in all that extra stuff. But it really enhances the whole the whole thing. It really really does yeah
1: abe Vigoda uh playing the toby chief man yeah. i remember him as granddad from look who's talking yeah and the godfather as well he's the one who tries to fucking betray michael but it doesn't happen and he's just sat down and he's just like hey you know kind of have to go do the, the thing you know the tree the chief is really annoyed because all of the all of the males of the ponies love orange soda so much that they don't want to give up their life yeah. And so none of them are brave enough. And so they have to get an outsider, which kind of upsets the tribal chief and he would do it himself, but they need a chief. And so Joe's just like, okay, yeah, yeah let, let's go. And like I said, that's when I noticed when they were walking up the volcano, I was just like, oh, hey, hey, what that that the, pathway? The, that path looks exactly <laughs> like the pathway at the beginning of the movie. Holy yeah. fucking shit. You know? Yeah.
0: Now, um, I just want to go back as well for, uh, for sort of eagle-eyed viewers looking at the film as well because uh, there was a weird duck sitting on his luggage right. waking at him and I was like, what is the parallels with the duck?
1: I was okay. like, because
0: when, uh, when, when Lloyd Bridges turned up uh, he had a, a cane with a duck head on it yes he did yeah and then I was like oh no there's got to be more there's got to be another reference to a duck in the movie and if you go all the way back to the the office uh, sorry with the the doctor's office with Dr Ellison yeah on the uh, on the shelf in the very background there's an ornate uh, duck so I was right. like, so the doctor is a quack yes you know and okay, yeah, uh, yeah yeah and uh, he's been basically I think the, the French word for duck is canard. I think which then translated back into English means uh, ruse Uh, uh, so basically which is the whole journey that he's been put on and so the duck being there just quacking at him I'm just like he still doesn't realise like this whole thing he's being because everyone else is laughing and they're kind of all laughing at Joe and I think
1: and if you think (laughs) about it really in depth when Meg Ryan goes out on the boat she should have ducked
0: (laughs) oh god where's the (laughs) (laughs) volcano?
1: And so they walk up to the volcano. Joe's all ready to just throw himself in. And like he comes out, doesn't he, in front of the whole of the tribal people, wearing his tuxedo, carrying a champagne glass, like he's celebrating his life. He's happy to end it. Um, but Patricia, at this point, she's fallen for him. She's absolutely in love with him. And you know who doesn't want Meg Ryan to fall in love with them? Like, fucking inner space, baby, inner space. <laughs> and uh, she says to the chief as they get up to the volcano, she's like, Joe, I can't, I can't have you kill yourself. I love you let's get married and the chief she's like chief come up and marry us he's like do you love her yes do you love him yes Right, right you're married quickest <laughs> winning in
0: cinema history <laughs> the volcano's
1: gonna fucking explode dude <laughs> and then you this is the oh this is, was always the bit that i always remembered especially from years of watching it was the fact that when they jump into the volcano they shoot back out again yeah and I never understood. And they landed in the ocean. That's yeah. it, and survived. Like when I was a kid, I I never understood the point of Joe versus the volcano when when that's what happens. And so they do. They they jump in. I mean, like I said, the special effects aren't uh, great, but it's, a, it's supposed to be a stage play. You know, I've gone along with it. All these visuals. I mean, the moon wasn't great, but it was just symbolic and beautiful to look at. So this volcano is exactly the same. It's it's brutal. It's lava. They're going to die. They jump in. The exhaust goes off at the exact same time. Blows them out of the air. They land in the ocean. The fucking island sink. They have no <laughs> idea what happens to the bodies They always <laughs> just seem
0: to jump on a boat and I think they're all dead. Possibly. Uh, I, think, yeah. I, I think there's probably a proverb there somewhere about those that are not those that are willing to sacrifice themselves against those that would not be willing right. to sacrifice themselves yeah. for another. And yeah. I don't know. So the, the volcano kind of rejected them because they were willing to do it. I I, I don't really know like yeah. what the actual proverb that's come from. Or well, I'm sure it's come from a fable of some kind. Of course, it fits in with the kind of fairy tale nature of the film as well. Yeah. Um. But for me, it's um. It goes back to something that uh, Patricia said earlier in the film, uh, and that that's where I I find the meaning of the f- the final part of the film, which is the most unbelievable, most bizarre, you know, confounding uh, and amazing thing that happens. And uh, Patricia says to to Joe at one point that my dad said to me that almost the whole world is asleep. Yes. Only a few people are awake, and that they live in constant amazement. Mm. And I was like. That's the effect that final part with the volcano has on you as an audience. You're in a a state of constant amazement. And I was like, so by the film's definition, it has tried to wake you up and make you feel alive. Like what has happened to Joe maybe it's a, it's absolutely you know fantastical but that's it that that's, is that's, fantastic that's, that's life yeah yeah, you know? yeah and so for me it all comes together and one oh, you're, to you're supposed to journey you're supposed to meet
1: people you're supposed to experience it, yes you're supposed to do it. and so weirdly enough when they're in the ocean at the end the luggage comes out of the water again a miracle! Like, miracle they're gonna be saved but the fact that they've They've got nothing. So, like, her dad's not going to be able to make superconductors anymore. No. You know, Joe's got no job or any money or whatever. Be, Patricia, she didn't even have the boat. The boat's been destroyed, but maybe they'll
0: go back. But they've to got the each other. They've got each other. And they're going on an adventure now. That's it. She even
1: <laughs> says to him, like, wherever we go. You know, we're taking this luggage with us.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, the luggage isn't is just their yeah. possessions. It's their memories. It's their life. Yes. You know, you bring it with you. You know, you, you never really leave it behind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, yes. beautiful. Yeah, it really beautiful. is, isn't it? It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ian, yeah. uh, which uh, Man, like, you know what? I...
1: I absolutely loved the whole movie. The visuals were just absolutely stunning. I loved the moon shot. I loved the way that that path weaved its way into everything. I loved the way that every now and again you'd spot something that looked like a volcano before you got to the volcano. Um, I fucking loved Meg Ryan. I do love Meg Ryan. I still love <laughs> Meg Ryan. You know, is she better as Dee Dee, Angelica or Patricia? I don't know. All three of them. All three of them at once. But if I had to go with one absolute amazing fucking scene in the whole movie that actually made me go, you know, what, I love this movie. It was Joe at the uh, the 941 door, you know, as he's just come out of the doctors and the fact that the the camera just kind of zooms out, you know, and you're like, how long is this sequence going to be going on for? But you're just looking at Joe like, You've just had some devastating news. You know, this might last forever, really. Um, and it's got Ray Charles playing over the top. And I fucking love Ray Charles. Um, the dog comes along. He hugs the dog. I was just like, like I said, take me, movie. I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, there are so many memorable sequences in the film. The first the first real gag, the first real joke that I really like is when he's at the island and they're having this festival to celebrate and he's going to jump in the volcano. Yeah, yeah. And we get these two guys in and the they gongs. hit the gongs. And then they both pass out, and we see we see the chief just go, oh god, baseball, and they get stretchered out. I was like, there's just a little gag. So like, the stretchers cause... were there
1: in preparation because <laughs> these guys bomb themselves. <laughs> it's a great, great, little <laughs> moment. <laughs>
0: But yeah, uh, Joe quitting his job. I thought Dan Hedaya. He only has that brief moment in the first fifteen minutes of the film, but yeah. he leaves an impact. He leaves an impression on you. You get the feeling that Joe's been there for six goddamn years, and uh, his breaking point when it comes is is great. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, Marshall, you know the limo driver, Ozzy Davis. Yes. Like all of his sequences, his yeah. words of wisdom, the shopping trip that they go on, and uh, the the way he kind of leaves at the end. He's like, look, I can't really be a friend. I got family. You know, gotta yeah, no go back shit, to that. Yeah uh it was really sweet really sweet i mean the whole like there's a great supporting cast like i said even amanda Plummer, just yes. a tiny part really and i was just like oh we didn't really get to find out what happens well we kind of know what happens to this. the people on the boat <laughs> yeah they went down, with the, they ship. Went down <laughs> with the ship yeah but yeah the whole castaway section with him on on the raft the the moon uh the the star signs going past him playing mini golf
1: uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's
0: just great the wind blows. <laughs> That goddamn shark. I don't know. I don't, did they just run out of money? Was that all they wanted? Was, was that part of the gag? I don't yeah. know. Like I want to know what the thinking was on that prop. <laughs> God damn. Uh and then again the other scene that I mentioned uh with Patricia with Meg Ryan talking about everyone in the world being asleep. Uh, yeah. I just thought that that for me was the message of the film and uh, the whole point of waking up like Joe did from being told the horrific news. Uh, and then sort of you know, having that change of perspective, and yeah. and then living in a world of amazement and wonder, which he does throughout the rest of the film. So yeah, really poignant, really sweet. Yeah, Ian, do you recommend Joe versus the volcano?
1: I totally recommend Joe versus the volcano. I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing that I hadn't watched this movie in twenty five years, because like I said, I'd watched it on TV. So there's probably a lot of things that were cut out and that I missed. And instead, I watched it in in all of its glory. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a fucking legend. I, you know, I, I, I count my lucky stars. I existed at the same time that Tom Hanks has because so many great movies underneath his belt. Um, Joe versus a volcano, surprisingly, is one of the Meg Ryan, oh my God, amazing. Like weirdly enough, like she would kind of play the same character in You've Got Mail and play the same character in Sleepers in Seattle, but that's fine. That's Meg Ryan. You know, I like, like, I can't remember. I might have to go back and watch Courage on the Fire again to see how she does in serious acting. You know, I might have, I would have liked to have seen her maybe as a serial killing mom. That would have probably been good. But in this, it's just so fun. She goes along the journey with Joe, Tom Hanks, who just seems so like a babe. Out will fish out water or whatever you want to call it, kind of, you know, just going on this adventure. And you're going on the adventure with it. It's not too long. It's, an, it's a Sunday afternoon type of movie you know, a Saturday afternoon type of movie. Just sitting there chilling with Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Dan Hedaya, Ozzy Davis, and some crazy guy with fucking orange cans, his earrings. <laughs> did you see the woman with the orange cans on her breast? Yeah, yeah
0: I, as... I did, I did. Also, I should also mention the uh, the evil, the guy that's representing the evil spirit of the volcano. Yeah. His mask is exactly the same thing that you see on the front of his office building, the, the factory. Ah. So I was like, the factory is the volcano. The evil. And then I'm just like, did he die? Like, it's all this one big dream? <laughs> that's it, that's it.
1: Did Joe actually work for Sam in the first place? Because it turns out, like, spoilers, it turns out that him and the Doctor were in on it the whole time. Joe's not dying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> recommending Joe versus the volcano. This was a real delight to revisit. It was heartwarming, imaginative, fun and very entertaining with some great real truths and hidden amongst the absurdity of it all. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are perfectly cast here. They share such a strong on-screen chemistry and they play their parts totally straight and believable and they're so very easy to watch. John Patrick Shanley really shines as a director, producing great visuals, pacing and storytelling with a strong grasp of characters, be it stage play or film. The sets and effects are great, it has a familiar stage fakeness to it, but perfectly encapsulates the drift into a dreamlike state of constant amazement. Really love the whole production. I think this film is so much more than just a screwball fantasy comedy. It has great little moments, it has heart and soul, and really now is a cult classic that I think more film fans should check out. It's a quality film, high recommendation from me. An Average Joe, an adventurous comedy. Thanks for watching Off the Shelf Reviews.